Why don't you guys open up your message notes, Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 to 14. Let's read the verses out loud together. These are our key verses for uh, the series. It's on the screen and it's in your notes. Ready, go. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. This is what the whole premise of our series has been, that we are forgetting what is behind. A lot has happened in the past 14 months. And we, so we just want to like, God, I just want to like erase my memory from everything that happened, right? But what we want to do is reach forward, right? Like we want to see what is the new thing that God is doing? What, what are the new opportunities that God wants to give us? We want to reach forward to what, what is ahead and pursue that goal. Now listen to this. For all of us that are here, so much has changed in our personal lives, right? From like working remotely, for those of you that had to work from home, to like less interaction with people, to uh, being unable to do the fun activities that perhaps you used to always do, that you were like had a regular rhythm of doing these fun activities. And it's all impacted us on different levels, emotionally, physically, spiritually, and mentally. Now, what's interesting is that so many, so oftentimes we wrap up our self-worth and we wrap up our identity and we wrap the, the meaning of life around these two things, around the things that we do and how we feel, right? Think about it. So much of our identity, our self-worth, the meaning of life, it's wrapped up around, uh, is wrapped around what, the things that we do or how we feel, right? So if we're doing things that we enjoy to do, I have a meaningful, purposeful life, right? Or if I feel good, if I feel great, if I'm happy, then I've, I've found or I've accomplished my purpose of meaning in life. You know, many of us are on a journey to try to find a meaningful and significant life. That's what we're trying to find. We're trying to pursue. We're trying to find that happiness. We're trying to find that joy. But I think that many times we absolutely miss it simply because we're seeking purpose and we're seeking meaning and we're seeking significance in the wrong things. We're seeking it in the wrong things. And the things that have been so important to many of us, a lot of it, by the way, which has been stripped away. So how do we live a fulfilled life? What does it look like? Well, first of all, before we can learn how to uh, uh, live a fulfilled life, we have to know what it's not. And this is number one in your notes. And that is that a fulfilled life is not dependent on stuff or situations. A fulfilled life is not dependent on stuff or situations. You see, guys, one of the things that the past year has shown us is how dependent we are on stuff and on situations. In so many ways, our very affections are impacted by what we have or what we don't have. Or if, this, if we're in a season of blessings or in a season of challenges. Just think about that, how your very emotions and your very affections are impacted by whether or not you have what you want or whether or not you're in a season of blessing or in challenges. Now, maybe you would never say it, but perhaps unconsciously you feel like you're living a fulfilled life if you have what you think you need and if your life is smooth, failing, smooth sailing. You might never admit it. You might never say it out loud, but perhaps unconsciously, what it does to you is thinking, well, you know, if I, if I, if I have what I think I need or if, if my life is smooth, smooth sailing, then I'm, I'm happy, I'm satisfied, I'm, I'm fulfilled. And we derive our meaning and our purpose based on things like success or based on the accumulation of wealth or, or based on a lack of problems or from status and relationships. 
And so then what happens when we don't have success and we don't have wealth, when our life is full of problems and we have rocky relationships, what happens? Then we have a lack of meaning. We have a lack of purpose. We have a lack of fulfillment. I read this uh, this week um, by Jackie King. She, she tweeted this out and I found this to be extremely interesting. So I wanted to share with you guys. I have it on the screen. Uh, it says this. So much discontentment in our jobs, relationships, and pursuits is that we are looking to them to fill some void that only God himself can fill. Looking to lesser things and constantly disappointed by them. So much discontentment in our jobs, relationships, and pursuits is that we are looking to them to fill some void that only God himself can fill. In other words, we look to all these things, these jobs, these relationships, these, these pursuits, my goals, my dreams, and then they always fall short. And you know, the Bible has a lot to say this, despite what you may have heard on some televangelist or some TV show or Christian news network, Jesus never promised a pain-free life. That was never promised by Jesus. In fact, look at what John chapter 16, verse 33 says. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have what, church? What does it say? You will have suffering in this world. But be courageous. I've conquered the world. By the way, these are the very words of Jesus. If you like to take extra notes or highlight in your Bible or on your message notes, I would underline where it says you will have suffering. And I, I, I put this up on the screen for you guys. That word suffering actually comes from a Greek word called thalipsis. It's That's the translation, thalipsis. Get this, look at what the word means. The Greek, the original Greek language, this is what it all entails. It means compression, friction, internal pressure that causes someone to feel confined. The word suffering in the Greek means compression, friction, internal pressure that causes someone to feel confined. Now, how many of you feel compressed? How many of you have been feeling friction? You know, for how many of us is this the perfect definition of what we've been going through in the past 14 months? It's the perfect depiction of what many of us are feeling. Listen, right now perhaps you're feeling that. That compression, that friction, that, that struggle, right? That's what we're feeling right now. And so what Jesus is saying is that we will have friction. We will have hardship. We will experience pain, which means that we cannot find fulfillment from stuff and situations because those things will always fall short and they will always disappear. And so if stuff and situations doesn't lead to a fulfilled life, then what does? Number two in your notes, you can write this down. And that is that Jesus came to give us a full life. Jesus came to give us a full life. Look at what John chapter 10, verse 10 says. Once again, these are the very words of Jesus. And he says, a thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life. And listen, have it in abundance. Jesus came not just to give us life, but to give us a full life, an abundant life. Now listen, did you guys ever think about Jesus coming to impact your life from a holistic perspective? In other words, that he didn't just come to impact your eternity, though he does. Life in Jesus means that we have an internal impact, but beyond that, Jesus impacts every single facet of our lives. 
You know, this passage that I just read here from John 10, it's taken from a conversation that Jesus is having with a bunch of religious people, some religious devout Jews. And essentially what he's saying is that everything in life that has come before him steals, kills, and destroys. In other words, everything that comes before Jesus brings a false sense of satisfaction, false or temporary fulfillment. It brings the appearance of full life, but at the end, it leaves you empty. But here Jesus says, I give you true fulfillment. I give you true life. You know, what is that? That's like joy and tribulation. That's purpose out of your pain. That's happiness in all circumstances. That's contentment with what we have. See, Jesus is able to give you all that. He gives you that full life. Now listen, if you're here today and, you, and you're feeling empty, if you feel unfulfilled or unsatisfied, if you're lacking joy, could it be that perhaps you've been attempting to find fulfillment and abundant life in anything other than Jesus? And it's a failed attempt to try to find fulfillment in anything other than Jesus. You're always going to come short, just like the quote that we read from Jackie earlier. Some of you think, you know, if I only had a relationship, if I only had a significant other, if I only had a better paying job, then I would be happy. Then I would be satisfied. If I only had more money in the bank, a little bit more uh, security, then my life would be fulfilled. Then I would have significance. If I only had a pain-free life away from struggle or hardship, if I only had a bigger apartment, if I only made some new friends. And these are the things that we think that if we only, only had these things, it would give us more satisfaction more fulfillment. Many of us have set out to find fulfillment in these things and we've achieved them. Got the bigger apartment, got the new friends, got into that relationship with that significant other, got a better paying job. We've, we set out for what we thought was going to give us significance and what always happens? What is always the result when even when you go out and seek what you think is going to give you fulfillment? The answer is always you end up lacking fulfillment and you continue to be empty. It's because you're attempting to fill a God-sized void with things that are always going to fall short and always leave you lacking. So then what are some of these areas? What, when we talk about the holistic impact, that full life that Jesus says, that abundant life, what are some of those areas in our lives that Jesus wants to help bring fulfillment? Well, the truth of the matter is, is that that's too much to discuss in one message. That can probably be a series all in its own. And I know you guys want ice cream, right? So we're going we're gonna to cut to the chase. I only chose a couple of different things that I think are particularly pertinent to what many of us are feeling as we experience this current moment in history. Okay, so here's number three in your notes. Jesus cares about your emotional life. Jesus cares about your emotional life. Now, the, uh, the past 14 months, guys, right? Like, like, who are you kidding? It's been emotionally draining, hasn't it? The past 14 months, no doubt, emotionally, you've been all over the place. You've probably gone from like feeling fear to feeling sadness to sensing a loss of hope or loss of joy to being desperate to experiencing some sort of lack of motivation and on and on it goes. But Jesus cares about you. And Jesus doesn't just say, hey, suck it up, buttercup, or cheer up, or don't be a Debbie Downer. Jesus doesn't just say that. In fact, it's only in Christianity where we see the idea of God putting on human flesh and entering creation. 
and putting on flesh, putting on the body and the person and work of Jesus Christ. And Jesus, the God-man, as he walks the earth, listen, feels the same emotions that you do, experiences the same hurt and pain and suffering as we do. We read in the scriptures when Jesus looked over Jerusalem and he cried, he wept at the lostness of the city. Or when he learned about his dear friend Lazarus who had passed away. The shortest verse in the Bible, Jesus wept. We read the emotions of Jesus. So we have a God who deeply understands and resonates with us on an emotional level. You know, in a book in the Bible which bears honestly all the raw emotions of of his authors is the book of Psalms. And if you've been like, you know, feeling like on an emotional roller coaster in these past 14 months, I highly encourage you to go through the book of Psalms and just read. It's a raw book. It's a real book where the author puts his real emotions out there. And so he said this in Psalm 73, verse 26. He says, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and he's my portion forever. And this is where many of us are today, right? Our flesh and our hearts are failing. But the psalmist reminds us that God is the strength of our heart. And it's the reminder that God is with us in our pain. And that God cares and He understands about your emotions. You know, Paul said this prayer, and I would love for you guys to read this verse with me. It's Romans chapter 15, verse 13. This is a prayer that Paul included in his letter to the Romans here in Romans 15, 13. And and maybe, you know, throughout the week, this might be a prayer that you just want to include into your prayer life or your, you know, when you do your your devotional and especially if you're feeling a lack of hope or motivation or sadness or, you know, you just want to pray this over your life. So why don't we, why don't we just pray this all together over our lives? Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Ready, go. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful prayer. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. God, I don't feel joy. God, I don't feel peace. Well, let the God of hope fill you with that as you pray this into your life, as you believe, so that we may overflow with the hope and power of the Holy Spirit. Here's number, number four in your notes, and that is that Jesus cares about your work life. Jesus cares about your work life. Sometimes a huge uh, source of joy and and also stress comes from what we do for a living, right? In fact, one of the first things that you ask when you meet somebody for the first time, you ask what? What do you do for a living, right? And that's because we wrap up so much of our identity around what we do or what we work. But God never designed us to seek identity around our work. Colossians 3 verse 17 says, And whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. He says, no matter what you do, whatever you do, no, no matter, that means no matter your job, no matter your position, no matter where you are on the totem pole, in your position, whatever opportunity, in word or deed. I mean, in other words, how you work or the words that you say or the attitude that you have, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. In other words, Anything that you do for your work or, or, or whatever, don't do it just to try to seek satisfaction or purpose from. No, do it unto Jesus, to represent Jesus for the glory of Jesus and to help point people to Jesus. And then he says, giving thanks to God the Father through him. 
uh, which of course means that we thank God for the opportunities that He's given us in our jobs. But I think it also means that we pray and we seek guidance and we seek God's guidance, allowing God to guide you to the right career, the right job. And so here's a prayer that you can pray perhaps tomorrow morning before you head out the doors to go to work or power up your laptop or whatever to do your job. Look at Psalm 90:17. You guys can read this verse again. This is like a prayer. You can pray over your life. Ready? Go. Let the favor of the Lord our God be on us. Establish for us the work of our hands. Establish the work of our hands. This might be a good prayer for you to pray before you head to work tomorrow morning. All right, here's the last thing. Number five, because I, I hear, I know you guys want some uh, ice cream, so we're going to go through this quickly. Number five, Jesus cares about your eternal life. Amen. Jesus cares about your eternal life. And this is perhaps the most hopeful thing that we can have today, guys. And that is that what we see now and what we face now is only temporary. And God has made a way to restore all things for us so that we can spend eternity with Him. And this is the greatest joy that we have as Christians. That what we see now and what we experience now, it's only for a time. And that there's a greater experience that's waiting for us. One, that, that, that involves no sickness, and no pain, or no sadness. And so if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is the hope that we have. If you're not a follower of Jesus, this is the hope that I want you to have. This is the hope that I have for you. And this is the hope that's available to you. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, guys, the greatest problem that we have is not economical, it's not financial, it's not relational, it's not emotional. The greatest problem that we all face is eternal. It's the risk, is that we risk an eternity apart from God. But God in His great love for us made a way to draw us near to Him through the person and work of Jesus Christ. I'm going to invite Hunter to come up here and he's going to lead us in one final song. And in a moment, I'm going to invite you all, if you're a follower of Jesus, to participate in communion as a church family. Now, communion is a time when we remember. We remember Jesus, right? When we partake in the bread, it's the bread that represents the body of Christ. The body of Jesus that was broken and marred and impaled for our sin. The juice represents the blood of Jesus that was poured out for us to atone for our sin. And we remember that three days later, Christ was risen from the grave, conquering Satan's sin and death, giving us forgiveness of sin and new life in Him. And so if you're not a follower of Jesus today, I invite you to reflect on His love for you. And for all of us, I invite you guys to reflect that Jesus came to give us a full life. That He cares about every aspect of your life. A full life that is not dependent on circumstances or your hardships, but that Jesus does care for you. He cares for your emotions, He cares for your work, and He cares for your eternity. I'm going to invite you guys to pray with me and then we'll be able to participate in communion together. God, I pray that you would uh, forgive us for finding meaning and purpose in stuff and circumstances. We acknowledge that so often we, uh, we desire 
to find fulfillment in how we feel or what we do or the relationships that we have. But those things always fall short. So we praise you, Jesus, that you came to give us a fulfilled life. And we thank you, God, that you care about every facet of our life. So I pray, God, you would help us emotionally, help us in our work. I pray, God, you would secure our eternity through Christ Jesus. God, in this room, there's a mix of emotions. The past 14 months have been extremely difficult. And so much of what we found joy and fulfillment in has been stripped away. And so, God, I just pray that we may seek this opportunity to remember that you came to give life and life in abundance. And so, God, I just pray that we may lead through repentant hearts. That you would remind us the joy of our salvation. And that we would no longer try to find satisfaction, purpose, and meaning in stuff or situations. But that we would find it in Jesus. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.